Thank you for being with us today. We would love to have you join us in person. To partner with us or to give online, go to www.upperroomohio.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. It's uh, good to see you guys. Uh, we were away uh, last week enjoying some time with our family, and um, we kind of like to cram things in, and I'll get to that in a second, because we're continuing our series about um, summer vibes. And so Aaron had, had preached several different uh, parts of this, um, started, kicked it all off with seed time. Then sailing with power, Pastor Greg came in and, and preached a great sermon about uh, vacation and handing things on to generations. And then uh, Aaron came back with some picnic miracles, campfires and fireflies, summer love. And then Micah did a great job last week um, talking about your story and just how important that is and, and how that ties in also with just having a story about summer. So um, I get to be the eighth in this series and it's just shocking to me how quickly summer goes by. We're getting toward the end here. My kids go back on Thursday. Um, and there are kids in Dayton who have already gone back. Dayton, Richmond, Indiana. Their kids have already gone back and started back with school. I remember getting this time of year um, when I was a kid and thinking, I've still got a couple of weeks left. And they're cutting it shorter and shorter and shorter, which a lot of parents are enjoying that, but the kids don't like it that much. So um, I wanted to tie this in, though, with, um, with summer theme and um, summer vibes. And I kind of feel like it's the time of the year that we're trying to just squeeze everything in, just, just put everything um, that you can possibly get into, the, uh, in, into your summer. We've um, kind of squeezed a, a couple of things in. We went to Jumble, Jungle Gyms uh, on Friday. We, our kids like to do that. If you've never been um, down to Jungle Gyms in Cincinnati area, they have, it's a, this huge grocery store that has food from any kind of country that you can imagine. You can't find it anywhere else in the States usually, but it's, it's all at Jungle Gyms, and a lot of really fun, weird stuff. We like to go just walk around because you, you, you don't have to buy anything to be entertained. You can actually buy a pig's head for $15 there. I mean, what a bargain. You know, you don't, you don't find that anywhere else. I don't know what you do with a pig's head. I guess you make a soup out of it or something, but you can buy that there. So it's a lot of fun to, to go in there and, and do that. And so we try to cram things like that. Another thing we did uh, recently is um, went to Young's Dairy Barn. Um, Young's is something we try to do every year because we like ice cream, and it's just fun. It's a good, good place to go and, and spend time with the animals. So hopefully you have certain things in. We like to get every drop out of our summer that we can. Every little thing, we're getting towards the end, and I'm not just going to be complacent and figure we're just going to coast in and move right back into school. We want to get everything, every little bit out of this that we can. So um, I was thinking about some things and how that ties into our, our walk and our faith, and there are certain things in this faith walk that are so important that we want to make sure we get these things into our lives, that we don't just skip over them, because we only have so much time. And... You know, it's easy to talk about, um, you know, stepping into our dreams and destiny and power and going after the things of the Lord, but there's certain things that we need to make sure that we're picking up along the way as we're doing that. And the biggest thing that I wanted to, to mention today is forgiveness. I want to talk a little bit, spend a little bit of time on forgiveness 
Because I feel like if you can really get this, if you can really understand forgiveness, it will unlock so many other things in your life. It will, it will allow you to advance to, to new levels. So here's a scripture I wanted to share with you about that. This is Mark eleven twenty five. 25. It says, this is Jesus speaking. Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. I think that's amazing. What that verse says is our forgiveness has something to do with how well we forgive others. The way that we get forgiven, the way that God is, is released and opened up and, and able to release freedom to us, we get to actually play a part in that on how well we forgive other people. Now, just a, a quick, um, um, quick show of hands. How many of you in here find forgiving easy? Some of you, good, good. How many of you don't? How many of you have a harder time? Good. How many of you refuse to raise your hand? <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> I got you, though. <laughs> For many of us, it's a hard thing. It's a difficult thing to do. You, you just, uh, for whatever reason, we feel like if we forgive, we're going to just get hurt and trampled again. So to kind of get us going in here, I need to um, make sure that we're on the same page of what forgiveness is. So I'm going to lay out a definition of forgiveness, say what it is, and then talk a little bit about what it isn't. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about different groups of people that we, we need to forgive. Okay? So the, where I started on, on definition for forgiveness is um, going back to the uh, ancient Hebrew and Greek definitions. I'm not going to try to pronounce the words. Um, you can do that on your own time, but I'll read the definitions for you. So the Hebrew, Strong's translates the Hebrew to forgive. Forgive, pardon, spare. That's great. So forgiveness means forgiveness. Then the Greek, freedom, figuratively pardon, deliverance, forgiveness, liberty, remission. Okay, I don't know about you, but when I read those, all I'm reading is forgiveness means forgiveness. So let me give you the Josh Haas definition. This is a Josh Haas definition. Forgiveness is letting go of any right you feel you have to judge or punish someone who has intentionally hurt or offended you. We do get that. When somebody hurts us, we feel like we have the right to punish them. We have the right to, to judge them, to torture them for what they've done, because they did that to me, and I should have the right to pay them back for it. But I also want to mention, as we're going through this, what forgiveness isn't. Forgiveness is not pretending that what somebody did to you is okay. Okay? So if, if somebody comes up and slaps you in the face, and you forgive them, you don't have to act like it's okay to get slapped in the face, right? That is still wrong. All right? I'm just not being their judge or their punisher for it. Now, I can judge what they did is wrong. You shouldn't slap, go around slapping people in the face. It's a bad idea. If you didn't know that, you can take that home with you today. But I'm not judging their value. I'm not judging their worth. I'm not judging their motives, their intention. I'm not judging their life. I'm not judging their value as a human being because of what they did. I can judge their action. I can say what, what, what they did was wrong. But, and I'm not going to say that it's okay, but I'm not going to judge the person. 
I'm not going to judge what's, what's behind them. It's also not making it okay for them to hurt you again. I'm not asking for more. You slap me on the, fla- on the face, please slap me some more. I enjoyed that. No. No, it's not okay. I'm not going to pretend like it's okay. You slap me. I forgive you, but I'm not going to let you do it again. I'm not going to let you do that to me again. And this trips people up a lot. When they're trying to forgive people, they feel like, well, I have to go right back into the situation and allow what happens to happen, happen before to happen to me again. And you don't. You don't, because that's not part of forgiveness. And the last, part, the last thing I want to make sure you understand is forgiveness is not excusing what they did. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. Um, I'm going to paraphrase what he said, but basically, if somebody comes up to you and accidentally, when you're walking by, they accidentally step on your foot, and, and, you know, and it hurts, it's real pain that you're going through, but it was an accident, they don't need forgiven, they need excused, because they have an excuse, they didn't see you, they didn't realize. So, you know, they don't need forgiven for what they did, because it was an accident, so you, you forgive them for that. But if somebody walks up to you and intentionally stomps on your foot, because they don't like you, they need forgiven, because they have no excuse for what they did. There was no reason for what they did. There was no good excuse for it. Now I need to forgive them. That's what forgiveness is. That's the image that we get when the Lord forgives us, that we had no excuse. Whatever sin we were in, whatever we did, what we were born into, there was no excuse for it. That's what we're in. We need forgiveness. Let me tell you some of the benefits of of forgiveness. See, God created our bodies and our souls and our spirits to live in harmony with the world around us. It is our natural state to live in forgiveness. That's how God created us. Our bodies actually function better if we live out a place of of forgiveness. This is what science says. I didn't make this up, but I love when science reflects what we find to be true already in the Bible. Okay, So here's what, what physically happens to people who are forgiving. Lower blood pressure, lower heart rate, Less workload for your heart, less muscle tension, better sleep, less fatigue, less overall physical pain. That's great reason enough to forgive people. You don't have to be a Christian to benefit from that. But the next one, what about um, mental-emotional? Here are some things mental-emotional results of people who are forgiven. People who are forgiving, um, we have healthier relationships. In fact, People who forgive have healthier relationships with people that didn't offend them, people that are the closest to you because you're living a clean, pure life. It opens you up and allows you to love other people around you who you might not necessarily be offended by, but you can love them better because you're living in forgiveness. People have less anxiety, less stress, um, less hostility, fewer symptoms of depression, lower risk of alcohol and substance abuse. Because people turn to alcohol and substance abuse oftentimes to cover up hurts that they've had from unforgiveness. Greater, um, their good relationships are stronger. They have greater happiness in their lives. You see, the thing is, um, when we don't forgive somebody, we're giving them the power to control our emotions. I'm not going to forgive you, so I'm letting you make me angry. I'm allowing you to have that power. When I forgive somebody, I'm releasing that. And I'm opening up, freeing myself up to be happy. Freeing myself up to be joyful and to enjoy life. People um, who forgive tend to have uh, better conflict ma- management. They're more likely to volunteer, more likely to give to charity. 
they have uh, more positive thoughts or feelings toward other people. And then there's the spiritual side. The spiritual side. God's, um, when we forgive people, we actually come into line, puts us in right, right relationship with God. We reflect God's nature. He is a forgiving God, and when we forgive, we become like him. We live our lives as a reflection of him. We shine as he does. We connect more deeply with God. There's no barrier. I can't tell you how many times when we do a sozo session, when somebody releases forgiveness, all of a sudden this huge thing opens up, and they're able to hear God better. They're able to receive better. Um, We come into line with Scripture. Here's one that that I can give as an example of that. This is Ephesians 4.32. It says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Forgive one another. We come into line with that. We become open to God's forgiveness when we forgive other people. It opens us up. It releases us to receive his. And last of all, which I think is really huge, is when we bring heaven to earth when we forgive. When, when Jesus says the prayer, your will be done, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's basically saying, I'm praying that what's happening in heaven would happen here. Now, there's no unforgiveness in heaven. In heaven, they're not holding grudges against each other. They're not trying to pay anybody back. They're not trying to, to, to smite one another. There's no unforgiveness. So when we forgive other people, we're taking that piece of heaven, we're bringing it to earth, and we're giving people a taste of what heaven's actually like. And that's forgiveness. So, we know that it's good. You know the benefits of it. But for some of us, for many of us, it just seems so hard. Like, you know, I know that I should forgive, but there are reasons that I just feel like I can't. And there are two, at least, at least two that I can come up with, two key reasons that, that make it hard for us. And I'll just go over those real quick. But first of all is, we think if we don't forgive, we're going to actually protect ourselves. Like, if I don't forgive them, it's going to keep me from getting hurt again. Okay, but the the problem is, the hurt's there. Forgive them or not, the hurt's already there. And most of the time when you don't forgive somebody, you're punishing them less than you're punishing yourself because you're choosing to live in misery. When you forgive them, you actually let, let go of that. The other thing is we think we've got control over the situation if we don't forgive. Like, I'll, I'll just control this, make sure, manage my life, and then I'll never be burned again. Well, people are going to hurt you. You don't have control over other people. And you not forgiving somebody doesn't control them. They may be living their life wonderfully. They may not even care that you didn't forgive them. And you're sitting there living in misery because you didn't forgive them. But when you do forgive them, all of a sudden you free yourself. You open yourself up so that now you can decide, am I going to be a joyful person? Am I going to be a free person? Am I going to love people? I never want to let somebody else control how I treat them. I never want somebody else to decide if I'm an honoring person. If your behavior decides if I'm honoring or not, then you're controlling me. I'm an honoring person because that's who I choose to be, regardless of how you act toward me. Now, I may have to put some boundaries around that. 
If you don't treat me well, I may have to put some boundaries to keep, keep health in mind, but I'm still going to treat you well. I'm not going to pay you back because I want to live free. There are basically um, three groups of people that we need to forgive that I want to talk about to kind of move us along here. And um, the first group, let's see if you can get this, are people that we will never see again. Okay, Gen Xers, who knows who that is? Anybody? Yes, yes. Sorry, you millennials, you probably don't. And that's, that's okay because that, I won't even bore you with this, their story. You can go look that up on your own time. But there are people in life that you will just never see again that you need to forgive. They've hurt you. They've harmed you. But for whatever reason, um, you may need to, for your own health, put a boundary up. Now, I can forgive somebody and still not see them again if, 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 they haven't, if they're not going to bring health into our relationship. Okay? But keep in mind, a boundary is not something I use to punish somebody. A boundary is something used to keep the goodness inside of me, not to keep them out. And so if somebody has, has hurt me, somebody has, has done something terrible against me, I can forgive them, but I need, may need to put a boundary up because they haven't cleaned up their mess yet. And if they haven't cleaned up their mess, I'm not going to invite them back into my house to make a mess of things. But a boundary can also have a door on it. Say, if, if, if they're starting to get things cleaned up, they're starting to repent, they're starting to come back in and say, look, I know I hurt you. I know this is what I did towards you. You know, can you for, forgive me? I mean, I've already forgiven you. I just need to make sure that you're healthy to kind of invite you in, let you into to my house here. Okay? Um, remember, when you're dealing with people that you probably won't see again or you, you know that they're not in a healthy spot, when you're forgiving them, remember the forgiveness is, is for you. You're not doing it as much for them as you are for you. It benefits you. It brings health to you. Um, and remember also, forgiveness is a command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a tool. In Sozo ministry, we have a lot of tools that we use to help people get freedom to hear the Lord better. But forgiveness is, we don't call that a tool. We call that a command. Because if people don't forgive, they're locked up. They can't hear the Lord as well. They can't experience, they can't enjoy life. They can't feel the joy of the Lord as much. There's a barrier between them. There's a story in Matthew chapter 18, verses 23 through 35. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'll, I'll tell you the, the gist of it. There was a, a very rich king who had a servant. And the servant owed the king, excuse me, what would be the equivalent of millions of dollars. And the servant came to the king and said, there is no way I could ever pay this back. There was, I, I just, yeah, I could work my whole lifetime and, and I'd still owe you. And so the king, being a good king, pardoned him of, of his debt and sent him on his way. Now the servant goes along and he finds another guy who actually owes him money. And this time, the, the guy, he owed him a fairly significant amount of money, about one-third of a year's salary. So it wasn't small potatoes. It was, a, it was a decent amount of money, but not nearly what he had been forgiven. And he demands it from this guy, and he, he says, you have to give me this money. And the king hears about this. And when the king hears about it, he is upset. And he says, 
you didn't forgive I, when I forgave you, so I'm going to require that of you. I'm going to put you in prison until you pay off the debt that you owe me now. This is an example of us when we don't forgive. We get actually locked up. We are actually, we are actually torturing ourselves when we don't forgive other people. We're not punishing the other people. We're punishing ourselves, and we're keeping ourselves from receiving the full blessing that God has intended for us. So, you know, the, the real point is just remember that you've been forgiven much. Remember that, that whatever somebody else has done for you, God's forgiven everything. When you come to Jesus, he, wipes, he gives you a clean slate. So don't hold things against other people and, and, and expect that, that you're going to feel free. Let go of those things just the way that God has cleaned up and, and washed you clean. Now, I want to mention also, though, that forgiveness does mean that I'm releasing them from my judgment and my punishment. But it doesn't mean that I'm setting myself up to get hurt again. It also doesn't mean that um, if I forgive them that I'm going to trust them. Forgiveness and trust are two different things. Okay? I don't have to trust somebody if they're not ready to be trusted. In fact, it may not be healthy for me to trust them right away. If I, if I have somebody who, every time I pass the offering plate by, likes to take a withdrawal, okay, I'm not going to pass the offering plate in front of them again. Now, I can forgive them. I can say, you know what, I forgive you for that. But that doesn't mean I'm going to put them in a position until they've figured out what the problem is to clean up their life. Okay? They need to clean things up and work on it. But I can forgive them. I can let it go. I'm just not ready to trust them yet. And they're not ready for me to trust them yet. It would not be healthy for them if I started trusting them before they're ready in that. So when you're dealing with somebody like that, you may have to decide what is the healthiest distance to love somebody from. There's a story that I, I've shared a, a couple of times. I won't go into great detail, but when I was a teenager, I was abused by a much older man. He never admitted what he did. He never said that, yes, I did that. He never cleaned anything up. And I wasn't, you know, I, had, I forgave him. I really did feel like I forgave him. I wasn't trying to punish him. I wasn't trying to judge him. But I knew that I needed to have a boundary up because he never owned what he did. So years later, um, he sent a letter to my, my parents after Angie and I had had um, our first child, my son Caleb. Um, he wanted to uh, establish contact with me again had not owned anything, keep in mind. He had not done anything to clean anything up. And um, I sent him a letter back, and I said, I am um, not interested in having contact with you. I've forgiven you, but you've, you never admitted anything, and I have a family now that I need to protect. So I'm not going, I don't want to have any contact with you. Well, sometime later, he sent a letter back, and he's, he said something effective, you're right, you did the right thing. Now, I could have felt a burden to kind of go chase him, but I didn't. Because my family, protection of my family is more important than me making sure that he's okay. He's got his own mess to clean up. And I bless him to do that. I hope that he does. But I'm not looking to, I'm not carrying that burden on myself to do that. My forgiveness includes me. I'm not going to be his judge. I'm not going to be his punisher. But he's still got a mess that he has to figure out how to clean up. And it's my job to make sure that my house is healthy. 
That's what I'm accountable for. That's what I'm over. The next group of people that you'll forgive, though, are those people that you will want to stay in contact with and relationship with. I want to start a dysfunctional family with you. Let's put the fun in dysfunctional. Anytime I get into this, I need to bring up a word, and, and honestly, there should be more people in this group than in the first group, a lot more. It should be rare that you have anybody that you can't have any contact with again. There should be a lot more in this group. But anytime I talk about this kind of thing, I need to bring up a word that we kind of throw around in church a lot, but I'm not sure if we understand it to the depth that we need to, and that word is covenant, okay? Now, we say that a lot, but for many of us, what that means is we like to hang out and have fun together because I like to be around people who think the same way I do. That's not covenant, okay? That's us, when we think alike, hanging out together. But if you're not around people who once in a while disagree with you, you don't have covenant. You don't know you do. You, you have no idea. And you don't know if you have a covenant with somebody until they hurt you. That's when you find out if you got a covenant. That's when it manifests. There's no test of covenant if everything's going along smooth. You can't prove it. You can't show anything until they betray you, until they do something that you never would have done, that a good Christian shouldn't do that kind of thing. What will you do when that happens? That's when you find out if you got covenant with somebody. That's when you find out how deep it goes when that happens. Now, mind you, this isn't pie in the sky. I know that covenants break sometimes. You can only control your side of the equation. Other people may, may run away from you, may decide that I'm going to run off and do something crazy. But I do control, bless them, Lord, bless them. <laughs> but I do control my side. And my side is I'm going to be open to loving you in any way that I can that stays healthy, as long as it stays healthy. Um, you know, a relationship becomes a covenant when I can convince you and those around me that I would die to protect that relationship. I would lay down my life to protect that relationship. If you don't have people in your life that you're willing to lay down your life for, you don't have covenant. If you don't have some things in your life that you say, you know what, I'm going to die to that part of myself. I'd love to be out doing this kind of thing with my life, but because I value this relationship, I'm going to let that part of my life die because I'm going after this. I can't do everything in life. Love isn't love until it costs you something. So if you're around people and it never costs you time, it never costs you energy, it never costs you anything, it's just for your own benefit. That's not love. That's not love. So I ask you, you know, who would you die for? And who would die for you? And if you haven't figured that out yet, work on figuring out who you would die for first. Pour some time into that. Who would you rest, risk your comfort level and reputation for? If somebody was running off and they're like, you know, I don't know about that guy, do you have relationships that you would, you would continue with? You'd continue to have those relationships because of the, the covenant that you have with them. Now, mind you, I'm going to tell you the truth the whole time we're going through this, though. We may have covenant, but I'm still going to tell you how bad it hurts. 
I'm still going to be real with you and tell you, you know what, what you did really made a problem in my life. I'm not necessarily breaking off our relationship, but I am telling you, this was hard for me. This really hurt me because I want you to know me. I want you, I want you to be powerful and own the, the issue that you brought up in our life. I'll be clear about the pain that you've caused me as the result of your choices. I'm going to tell you about that. I'm not trying to break you off. I'm not trying to push you away, but I'm trying to be open. I'm trying to show you the mess that you made so you can have an opportunity to clean it up. I'm not trying to get you to feel horrible about yourself. I'm trying to get you to be powerful and recognize you've got a mess to clean up. Now, what can I do to help you? Um, and also, don't confuse covenant with being a passive victim of abuse. I'm not calling any of you to submit to abuse. If you're being abused, put up a boundary. Make sure you keep the health and safety in your, in your place, okay? You do have to protect yourself. If they won't, don't let them in. When they're ready to clean it up, give them some space to, to, to come in. But um, it's always on that other person to clean it up. I'll help you, but it's up to you to clean it up. The example I like to give is, you know, your kids are playing in the mud outside, and they come to the door, and they say, I have to go to the bathroom. And you're like, well, you can come in as soon as you take those muddy shoes off. But I have to go right now. You're welcome to come in when you take those shoes off. You don't love me. You won't let me come into the house. You're welcome to come into the house once those shoes are off. Ah, fine, I'll just go to the bathroom in the backyard. Kind of like what the dogs do. If that's what you choose to do, you can do that. But if you'd like to come in with me, you need to take the shoes off. I love you very much. Okay? That's setting a boundary. That's saying, I love you. Now you get to determine by what distance I can love you. You going to deal with this issue? Okay? You got a, a drug abuse issue? There's certain boundaries I'm going to have to set to keep my house healthy. Okay? I'll love you very much from the rehab center. Okay? You getting things cleaned up? All right, let's make it a little closer now. I got to protect my family, though. I got to protect people around me. I got to protect my own health. Okay? You keep working on it? All right, I feel, I'm feeling safe. Come on in. You're not working on it? You're just saying you need my money? I don't feel like my money's helping you. I'm sorry, I need to set up a boundary. Well, you don't care about me. What kind of Christian are you? I, well, I'm doing my best, and I love you very much. And, you know, when you get this figured out, let me know. That's, I, I, that's forgiveness, but that's forgiveness with boundaries. I don't want to get trampled. And, and it's not healthy for you if I allow you to do that either. Because you're not owning your issue. I want to help you clean up your own mess. I'll be there to give you wisdom and advice and even help walk you through it. But I can't carry, I can't carry more of a burden on your problems than you do. I'll never turn my love off toward you. But you will help me figure out, by the way you repent and clean it up, what distance I need to, to love you from. Now, the, the, uh, the third group that we need to forgive, for many, is the hardest, and that's forgiving ourselves. I know a lot of people who actually have lived very clean, forgiving other people that have hurt them, forgiving um, issues, deep, terrible scars in their lives. But they have a real hard time forgiving themselves for what they've done. Now, there are a couple of points I want to mention about that, about why that's, that's such a, a big issue. 
is, um, if I can get to my order here, there we go. Um, when we don't forgive ourselves, we're basically saying that what Jesus did was not good enough for me. Jesus' sacrifice was good enough for everybody else, but I'm so special that my sins were so bad that he couldn't forgive me. None of you are that special. Nobody in here is so special that Jesus couldn't pay the price for whatever sins you've done. Okay? And the other thing is, when you don't forgive yourself, you're not just punishing yourselves. You're robbing the people around you from yourself. The Apostle Paul was he persecuted Christians. He approved of them being murdered. And later on, he comes to, to know Jesus. If he had not forgiven himself, we wouldn't see all of the letters that he's put in the New Testament. We, he would not have evangelized um, the Gentiles. We probably wouldn't be Christians here today if he had not forgiven himself. Think of uh, Pastor Aaron. He's been very open with, with struggles that he's had in his past, sins that he's, he's been stuck in. If he had not forgiven himself, I don't think I'd be here today. I don't think most of us would be around today. We would have missed out on this if he had not forgiven himself. There's a key that God gives us, that Jesus paid the price so that we can live in a state of forgiveness toward other people and even toward ourselves. That's what he's called us to do. That's what he paid for. We didn't deserve it. He gave it to us anyway because it's the best for everybody. So let me give you um, some suggestions on forgiving. Some ways, some, some things. Reiterate a few things and a few other ideas. First of all, remember forgiveness is a choice. Don't wait till you feel like you've, you've forgiven somebody. Just decide, you know what, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to forgive them. I don't feel like it. I'm still mad. I'd love to punish them right now, but I'm going to let go whatever right I feel like I have to be their judge or be their punisher. I'm just, I'm just going to let go of that. I'm releasing it. Second one is get around grace-filled, forgiving people. There's just something that, that activates you when you're around people who know how to walk this out. When you see forgiveness, it makes you want to live in forgiveness. Third one is look for what is right rather than what is wrong. If you can look at people and see the gold in them, whatever they're struggling with, but you can see the potential, you can see what God is really wanting to do with them, it's going to be a lot easier to walk in forgiveness. It's going to be a lot easier to, to, to live that out. Next one is when you're confronting people, talk about yourself. Talk about what you're going through. Don't tell them how terrible they are. So in other words, I'm going to tell somebody, you know, um, when you steal from the offering plate, I feel violated. Okay? I'm not going to say, you're a horrible, rotten thief. You steal from the, the offering plate. The reason is if I'm attacking them, they're just going to feel shame and guilt, and they're not going to care about what's, how it's affecting me. I want them to get to know me. I want them to know, all right, you're putting this on me. I'm asking you to clean it up. I'm not asking you to feel, feel horrible about yourself. I'm asking you, what are you going to do to fix the issue? I, I want to love you at a closer distance. So what are you going to do about that? Help, you know, help me to feel better about our relationship. Um, use boundaries to keep yourself healthy, but not to punish other people. You know, make sure that the boundaries for, for your health and the, and the health of those around you, not to show them, give them the silent treatment to make them feel so much shame for what they've done. 
Don't try to convince yourself that what happened was okay. You don't have to. It wasn't okay what they did. If they hurt and violated you, that's not okay. You don't have to pretend like the action was okay. You're just going to let go of your, whatever right you feel to be their judge or punisher about it. Don't for, confuse with forgiving with trusting. And remember how much the Lord's forgiven you. There's a, um, a movie um, that's older than I am, if you can believe that, um, that I just think illustrated to me a great uh, image of, of forgiveness. And I'm not going to be able to play it for you this morning, but I'll tell you about it. It's called To Kill a Mockingbird. And it's, the book's older than the movie. Um, and it's a great movie, Gregory Peck, um, 1962. And in the movie, um, it's set in the 1930s. And um, um, Atticus Finch is like the hero in the movie. And he is a lawyer in the town. And there's a, a black man who is accused of raping a white woman. And she's beat up and that kind of thing. Well, well, it turns out that actually she was in a relationship with this man of her own will, and her father beat her because of it, so they're trying to cover it up. And Atticus is able to bring proof of this, and um, he gets an a innocent verdict for the man. And so the uh, father of the, of the white woman later on uh, leads a lynch mob, and they kill the black man. And as Atticus goes in to console the family of the black man, um, the father of the, the white woman drives up and he says, I want to talk to Atticus. So Atticus comes out and uh, the man walks up to Atticus and he spits at him right in the face. Now Atticus, and you're thinking, man, he's just going to knock this guy out. Atticus takes a step toward him, reaches in his pocket, pulls out a hanky, wipes the spit off his face, and keeps walking walks past him. And I was watching this on YouTube and I read the comments and, and most of them were like, man, I would have punched that guy out. I would have knocked him out. I would have punched him in the stomach. I would have punched him in the nose. And it's because we live in a world that doesn't understand forgiveness. We just don't get it. We don't understand. But that should not be the way it is here in the church. It should be the norm here in the church, we should be showing people what this really means what, because we've experienced it. We've experienced it. So I'm going to um, invite the band to come up. We're going to close up this morning. Ask you guys to stand. If you have not received forgiveness of Jesus, if you don't know this forgiveness we're talking about, if you haven't allowed him to wash you free of all your sins, I want to invite you to do that today. <clears throat> just, um, just as we're up here praying, I just invite you to come up front. Would you love to pray with you? You can do that on your own, but it, it just, there's something more about it if you just take the steps. It feels more real. If you don't know who he is, but also if, um, I want you to ask the Lord a question for all of us. I want you to ask him to show you. I want you to try to figure this out in your own mind. I want you to ask him to show you so you'll get a thought, a feeling. You'll, you'll know right away what it is. Don't try to go digging. Don't try to figure it out on your own. But I want you to ask the Lord to show you if there's any unforgiveness you're harboring toward anyone else or yourself. 
And if he shows you that first thing that pops in your head, that sense, that thought, that feeling, don't expect an angel to come down and whisper it in your ear, although that may happen. Whatever he shows you, that's who you need to forgive. I'm going to have all of us say this out loud together. Okay? If he didn't, if he didn't show you anybody, if he says, you know, you're clean, you don't have any unforgiveness toward anybody else or your, yourself, wonderful. Please repeat this out loud anyways to keep everybody else comfortable. Repeat this with me. I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. And then under your breath, just kind of say their name or say yourself. Don't say it so that nobody around you can hear it, but you're actually making your mouth move, okay? I am not their judge. I am not their judge. I am not their punisher. So I release them over to you, Jesus. To receive your full blessing. And I repent for in any way I've embraced unforgiveness. I don't want that anymore. And I don't need it anymore. So I give that over to you, Jesus. What do you have in exchange for me? Now, Jesus will give you a thought, a feeling, what he's going to trade in. He always trades up. What is he going to trade that unforgiveness for? Maybe just a, he may give you a scripture. He may give you a memory. He may give you just whatever he gives you. You may understand it. You may not. Whatever he gives you, that is a tool he's giving to you to deal with any unforgiveness in your life. You get to use that. You get to walk out with that tool. So you may write that down. You may remember it. You may put that with you in some way so that you can remember that you are walking out and being a person of forgiveness. So let me pray for you guys. Lord, I just bless these people to go out and be Jesus' hands and Jesus' feet, to walk out in forgiveness, that this world would taste what it means to be forgiven. I pray that you bless them as you forgive them, bless them to be a blessing to everyone around them in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, the, the altar up here is open. If you need any kind of prayer, if you just want to spend some time talking to the Lord, you're welcome to do that. If not, we just bless you guys to go out and have a great Sunday and just show Jesus to people around you. Have a great day.